Hello there, this is Creative Block. My name is Kyle Marshall and I'm the owner of Media Lab YYC, which is located in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. This is the podcast where I get to talk to artists and creative entrepreneurs. This week is pretty cool. This interview opportunity fell into my lap as someone referred them to me because they thought it would be a good conversation and they were 100% right. Janelle Peterson is the president and co-founder of Wildlife, this outdoor adventure kit that is launching here this month, which you can then subscribe to so that every month you and your kids have this little box that gets sent to you and allows you to go and explore nature. Yes, in an educational way, but I think in many ways more important, a fun and engaging way. So you'll hear all about that here in just a moment. I also let you know that the interview is going to start kind of in progress. We were kind of discussing things before I officially, in quotes, pushed record. But I really loved the last part of our conversation. So you'll hear that before we actually get into the interview proper. I'm going to let you know that the next couple months are going to be exceedingly busy. As you know, I do 724 other podcasts besides this one. So I'll be in New York City. I have some interview opportunities there. I'm meeting a lot of the local theater community here. And so uh, I'm really excited to release a lot of the stuff that I've been working on. And by the way, if you know anyone in the arts community, if you know anyone who runs a theater or is part of a theater organization who's down to chat... You can send that information to info at medialabyyc.com. But let's not beat around the bush. And I meant that absolutely as a pun. Uh, Let's get to my interview with Janelle. But before we do that, let's thank some of our sponsors. And when we return, we'll get to know a little bit more about wildlife. Creative Block is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ETB. The Alberta Podcast Network promotes and supports Alberta-made podcasts and connects their audiences with Alberta-based businesses and organizations. This episode of Creative Block is brought to you by ATB, specifically the ATB Entrepreneur Center. Whether you're dreaming, building, or growing, ATB Entrepreneur Centers offer a powerful set of tools to help your business and personal finances grow together. Chat with a small business expert, join a community of like-minded Albertans, and get some valuable advice along the way. Visit the ATB Entrepreneur Center locations in Edmonton, Calgary, Grand Prairie, and Lethbridge, or visit atbentrepreneurcenter.com to learn more. This week, Creative Block is also brought to you by Norquest College. Let's hear a message from them. Your next career move is right around the corner, and Norquest College is here to help. Our new Career Moves Professional Development Program will help you transition to new job opportunities. Funded by the Future Skills Center, we will provide one-on-one coaching, self-assessments, skill development and training, and up to $2,000 in available tuition credit. Our focus is your success. Make your next move. Apply today at norquest.ca slash career moves. What was interesting about this story that were you just looking for content or... You think it's a legitimately interesting story? I think it's a legitimately interesting, <laughs> only because here's here's the thing. One of the big things for me is that uh, I don't have kids, but I have a niece and nephew. Uh, so my sister has had two kids so far. And what I've really noticed and what really, really um, focused in on is just how different kids are, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know that innately, but really visually seeing it. So my, my, uh, my nephew, who is five and a half, is 
I don't know how I don't I haven't heard like a full diagnosis of this yet, but some sort of attention deficit thing. How that manifests in him is that he needs to be doing something all the time. He does not sit and mm-hmm. be still and play with like toys. It is full tilt, running, climbing on something, wanting to go outside. Like he doesn't like to be inside at all. Mm-hmm. Like if he could stay and sleep outside, he would. So my dad kind of tries to encourage that as much as he can if he's out like taking care of them. Um, and so I just observed this, like he loves animals. He likes touching like trees and going out and doing stuff. So this is kind of interesting to me because it's something that I think that he would probably really enjoy doing, uh, cause he just doesn't enjoy doing other stuff where he's sitting still and has to, you know, be there. Now my niece is the exact opposite. <laughs> She's like, likes playing with, uh, like dolls and reading and sitting and just doing her, her own thing. I don't think there's anything wrong or right with either way. It's just like they're very just different kids. And so what I, I just think that for, for a certain type of people, this is like great. <laughs> I like what you said too when you're describing your nephew because there's outdoor programs for kids, but not every kid is suited for scouts and right. not every kid is going to be successful at right. a really structured program like that. And so I don't think he would be. <laughs> this is a way to make it like a little bit more accessible and kind of more of a choose your own adventure you can mm-hmm. experience the outdoors in whatever way you want you know yeah yeah i this it all runs together it was probably a podcast i was listening to but how the people or sorry kids spending time outside has dropped something astronomical like 60% in mm-hmm. the, like the yeah, last 10 years or something yeah. like that so yeah. they spend the majority of time looking at screens and they do being outside so in, in just like basically one generation, because like me and my brother and sister, you know, there was no smart devices back yeah. then. So we were outside, we were on the farm, so we were out doing stuff. And now the younger generation, it's a very different experience where it's, you know, if you need to be distracted or do something, it's like, we're going to put this tablet or phone in your mm-hmm. hands. and this, It's on demand. Yeah. So it's here, go. And they're going to live in a world where that's always been true. It's like everything that you've ever wanted to learn, see, watch is just there. You can mm-hmm. see it within seconds mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah. Which is just a different outlook. So it's that encouragement of bringing people out. There is, um, oh gosh, what's his name? Dax, Justin, do you know that name at all? Mm-mm. He's an adventure photographer here in, I think he's based in Calgary, but like he gets hired by Canadian Geographic, National Geographic, that sort of thing. And that's his big push. He actually comes into schools and has people. Because oh. he's gone and walked with the polar bears and gone and done yeah. all this stuff. And you're like, that experience is different than watching a polar bear on a YouTube And that's what he video. said. It is so vastly is, yeah. different to see that and experience it's that. It's different to see animals in the wild versus in the Canadian wilds at the zoo, right? Yeah, you know, it's it is. It's a totally different experience. Um, and what his push is, is that, like, that whether you're religious or not, he says, like, there is just this, there's something that happens to you when mm. you experience that. And, like, whoa. <laughs> and I have had that something similar, like, I mean, whether it's out in the Canadian Rockies and experiencing that or I had this opportunity to go and hike um oh my gosh where is El Capitan the mountain in California anyways there's this huge nature reserve yes, <laughs> that, yeah. that you can go and just being a part of that like like this rock formation is like this however many million years old and it's like boy we are very small mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and just experiencing that I think is is it uh, I don't know there's just a, something special about that totally I get goosebumps when you when you talk about that <laughs> mm-hmm. Janelle Peterson thank you so much for joining me here today thanks for having me you know uh, we've been having a bit of a conversation here before we even push record uh, but 
I mean, I think we need to start here. Maybe you can just describe uh, who you are and what it is that you do. Well, as you said, my name is Janelle Peterson. Um, I'm a sixth generation Calgarian. I like to start with that because nice. it's my claim to fame. Very, very rare. My family's been here for a long time. And we grew up spending time in the foothills on a ranch. And my mom's side of the family owned farmland just north of um, Calgary in Alberta. And they homesteaded there. And um, so I've been a part of Calgary for a very long time. And currently I am en route to launching my first business called The Wildlife Outdoor Adventures. And we're going to be a kids subscription box company that delivers outdoor kits to get kids outside more often. I love it. I, I mean, we'll, we'll get into much more into exactly what that looks like and, um, in, in a moment here. But let's start here. So you are a young person, like you said, living in the foothills. Was there ever a time where it's like, I want to like leave this setting and like, you know, go off into the city so I don't have to be out here in nature? Or has this always been a love of yours? Um, my immediate family grew up right in the city in Calgary, mm -hmm. but we, my both sets of grandparents had farmland and ranch land on the outskirts of Calgary. So pretty much every weekend when we were kids, we spent time outdoors. And I've always loved kind of the balance. Like I love the amenities of a city. I love the culture and the music and the arts and um, things like that. But I definitely need the outdoors. It's become kind of a part of my DNA and how I recharge. And I think that was really ingrained in me when I was a kid. Yeah. How about the entrepreneurial spirit? I mean, I think that's something that is constantly referred to here in Calgary as being one of our main claims to fame. Was this something that you thought you would always do? No, not at all, really. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I, I think being such a multi-generational Calgarian, I felt like a bit of a fraud not having that entrepreneurial sure. <laughs> spirit. Or I think people hold that phrase to a really high esteem, you know, to be an entrepreneur, you need to be running multi-billion dollar um, organizations, but everything starts from from somewhere. Looking back, both sides of my family did have really entrepreneurial um, people in them. My grandfather ran Kensington Drugs for mm. years, um, right on the corner of Fifth Street and Rochild there. My other grandfather built built homes and my grandmother wrote cookbooks and wow. so there was a, actually a lot of entrepreneurs in our family and uh i've only really noticed that or appreciated that starting this journey now i don't know why i didn't have that entrepreneurial drive i spent um i have a business degree and was in marketing and why, why was that your uh, focus then why why go to school for that Actually, originally I went to school right out of high school for graphic design. Okay. And uh, I wanted to be on the business side of that, I think. And one of my mentors, who's still a mentor to me today, um, was working for an, an agency and um, he had done his Bachelor of Commerce in marketing and he said, well, if you want to be on the business side of a creative industry, going that route is probably a, a good direction. So that's a huge reason why I did that. Um, so I wanted to be involved with people who had entrepreneurial spirit, yeah, but yeah. I think I wasn't really willing to take the risk myself. Um, was there a fear there or just not an, uh, an ambition for that? Um, I think it was mostly fear. I think I've always been a super creative person, uh, an ideas person. 
always sitting around saying, what if we did this? What if we did that? Like I could do that for hours, but was never willing to roll up my sleeves and jump in and do the work, I guess. Just, I think from a bit of a fear perspective, Mm -hmm. I think maybe entrepreneurialism skips a generation because Uh. my parents' parents were really entrepreneurial, which there's lots of things that come along with that. A lot of risk, a lot of ups Mm -hmm. and downs, a lot of great moments and probably some stressful moments as well. And so then my parents weren't quite as entrepreneurial. Um, Although my dad was a total or is a total ideas person as well. Um, So I think maybe it skips skips a generation. So we didn't have growing up maybe as good of a culture for failure Mm. um, because maybe my parents wanted to be a little bit, have a more stable environment, right? I can understand that. And and that's the thing about when it, when you start down this road of like business and stuff like that, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like I want to go into work, grab a paycheck, support my family and then retire. Like that, that is the life that a lot of people choose. But then on the flip side of that, I, I'm just going to use myself as the example. When you start to like have these ideas and it won't stop, it's like, okay, I need this to get out of my head or else I'm just going to be obsessing about this for the next totally. 30 years. Yeah. I think it got to a point where you kind of start peeling the wallpaper and you can't stop yeah. peeling. Um, <laughs> there's just, you're eventually you've got to run with one of these ideas because you just have to know what it would feel like to to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I felt. The peeling of the wallpaper feels like that's the opening of a children's book of some kind or something. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember where I heard that analogy. Uh, what I'm curious about here then is so you, you've got this graphic design degree. You then pursue going down like this business route. What was the end goal with that? Like what were you hoping to use that for? I only did a semester of the graphic design oh, I before I made the, mm-hmm. made the switch. But end goal was to be in on the creative side of the business. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to be involved with the ideation and the creative execution, but I also wanted to be able to see tangible results. I've always been pretty results-driven, and mm-hmm. I love diving into data and analytics, and I think marketing is kind of the balance between the creative aspect, but also, you know, learning how to manage a P&L and read right. your financial statements and be well, accountable. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's something that is important. I mean, I, I've been, I talked with a bunch of uh, filmmakers here in the city and they're kind of understanding the same thing, which is as much as your drive is like from the creative point of view, uh, filmmaking, if you're an author, doesn't really matter. Any type of creative field, you still have to sell what you are mm-hmm. creating or else you don't get to create anymore. <laughs> or you're Van Gogh and then you're appreciated like a uh, hundred years after you die. Uh, but I prefer people to keep their ears as much as possible. So uh, um, so you have to have that in mind, which is like, okay, like I have to grind through this. Like I have to be like talking about that, building up my brand as much as I hate <laughs> some of these words, but you still do. Like that mm-hmm. is like the reality of what, where we're at. Like raw talent will take you so far and then to push you over the edge, you kind of need to start selling yourself uh, at the end of the day. So it's, it's nice to have that kind of background uh, at the same time. For sure. Let's transfer over a little bit and talk about what you are currently doing. Like you mentioned, this is going to be the subscription box. So who is like the perfect clientele for this? We kind of identified two groups. So 
people that had kids mm-hmm. in the age range of 8 to 12. And those are people that were outdoorsy themselves, maybe had a lot of these experiences outside, similar to what I was telling you about my childhood. And those people want their kids to have the same experiences. But for a number of different reasons, they're not able to get their kids outside mostly a time constraint. It's mostly, um, you know, a lot of folks have two sets of working parents. And I look back at my childhood and my mom did a ton of the planning and Mm -hmm. preparing and ideation of how to get us outside. And I think parents right now don't have all that time. So I think there's a group of parents who had these experiences that want their kids to have the same experiences. And the biggest um, barrier for them is probably time. And then we identified another group of people through some of our focus groups that um, they possibly didn't have these experiences as a kid or they were uh, newcomers to Canada or for even first or second generation um, individuals that had come to Canada and they live in Canada now and they know that there's these amazing outdoor experiences to be had but because they didn't have aunts and uncles and grandparents and things like that to show them how to access the outdoors um their biggest barrier might be actually resources and confidence to show their kids how to Mm -hmm. experience some of those things and i i i'm assuming that this is like like fun little things that you get to go outside and i don't know do (laughs) go on little adventures with hence the name like the outdoor adventure club That's right. Yeah. So we think of it kind of as scouts in a box. Uh Um, Every box has three different activity cards that would give them ideas and inspiration on things to go do outside, skills to build your outdoor skill set, a craft to do that's inspired by nature, requires you to go out and pick something from nature to do the craft. And then there's actually high quality outdoor gear meant for kids as well. So they can have Mm -hmm. their own outdoor equipment to adventure with and the activity cards show them how they can use those things that's cool now you've brought some here so there's two boxes in front of me currently can i take one of these yeah yeah okay i'm gonna reach over they kind of go in order this one's the first one oh okay let me take the first one here then i just want to say here too like on the top of the box wildlife established 2019 outdoor adventure club this feels this is my frame of reference. This feels like a, like a Wes Anderson or something thing you would see in a movie <laughs> where the person is like unfolding it here. Now, is there a specific theme that's in this first box? Yes. Your first box is called the bear essentials. Mm. And um, these are V-E-A-R essentials. Right. Okay. <laughs> these are still in beta mode. We haven't mm. got everything that's going in the boxes received yet, but it gives you a pretty good idea of what's in the boxes. So this first thing that I'm pulling out is just a uh, sheet of paper. Now, is this what would come in the box as well? Exactly. Okay, so there's a backpack. Is that, a, what is this? It's like a little mini It's bag? actually a packable backpack. So oh, I see. inside the bag, yeah. I see. So it's the big backpack, but fits into a smaller bag. A couple of journals, a carabiner, the sticker that we have up there. Those are enamel pins. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm a big fan of pins. So that's great. And then or like outdoor markers or something like that. Pencils, I'm guessing. Some wooden pencils to decorate your tree medallion that you can hang on your backpack. That's cool. So the first one is really your your starter kit for adventure. So it talks a lot about what you need to prepare to go outside mm-hmm. um, and gives you some fun ideas of how to get out there. So I, I'm holding the backpack literally in my <laughs> one hand here right now. 
Uh, but it's because it can compress down into like this small little bag that comes in your box, which is great. Yeah, it opens up into like a 16 liter backpack, which is kind of the perfect size for kids those age. Um, and then uh, what I'm going to say is like um, like a tree cutting, I guess, almost like you're seeing the rings inside the tree with a little holder. This is a little medallion. I'm guessing you're designing for your craft here in this box. Right. Yeah. Can I ask where you're sourcing mm-hmm. this stuff from? Is this stuff that you are creating yourself or you actually have a supplier of some kind? Um, we're not manufacturing them ourselves yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look to local resources First, obviously, and then when we can't find suppliers or manufacturers locally, we do look internationally, but definitely all the value is added here in Canada. To me, the biggest value in the boxes are the adventure cards. There's Mm -hmm. three different adventure cards that are filled with skills, ideas, inspiration, and some of it's just games and fun things to do outside. And uh, we're working with a, a school teacher who's our curriculum director that's basing everything on the activity cards on the Canadian curriculum. Mm -hmm. So basically everything that your kids are already learning in school, they're getting ideas of how to go out and experience it in the wilderness or outdoors. Yeah. So like this activity card that for instance I have right now, when I open it up, we have like featured skills for this activity. You have organization and prioritization uh, safety tip, always tell someone where you are going and when you expect to be back. And like skills check, your total pack weight should be under 30% of your body weight. And then there's a little equation of how to figure that out. And then uh, a website of where to more to explore. But a little checklist here, how you execute your plan of actually packing your backpack. So this is, I don't know, this is like fun stuff that you and your child could be doing together and figuring this stuff out. Yeah, we tried to do some of it that's skill building and some of it that's just for fun. So yeah. one of the things, activities in the first pack is to go outside with your backpack, get your gear all packed up and go on a nature scavenger hunt and make a little nature ca- um, time capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm going to do too, like obviously there'll be links to like your website and stuff like that in the show notes of this episode, but I'll also release some photos of what we are, what we're looking at here too, so that people can go and look at it. Now in the box in front of you, is that the second one? Yeah. Okay. So what's in that? The second one in the series is our Into the Night box. So you'll get another enamel, custom enamel pin to collect and celebrate your little adventures. Um, there's a wildlife headlamp, um, a wildlife night sky navigation card, some glow sticks, and a string of LED lights for your craft. Now, this is the idea here. This is coming every month, these boxes? Right. So every month is a different theme. So. Mm-hmm. Um, some other examples might be a navigation box or a shelter box or a bug out box that's mm-hmm. all about bugs and things like that. How far do you have this planned out? Like, do you have the first 12 boxes, for instance, figured out or, or maybe not that far yet? Uh, we have the first 15 flushed okay, out. Okay, great. Um, it will just depend on how things go if we decide to create more of an annual program or if we do two years It'll depend mm-hmm. on how long kids seem to stay focused on the boxes do you remember where you were when you had this idea yeah this idea came from every summer my brothers and i and uh, we would go to shoe shop provincial park mm-hmm. as kids and they had bc parks at the time had this amazing program called the jerry's rangers program and the jerry's rangers program was set up at the campground and you went to the nature hut that was at that time staffed and, you know, had 
snakes from the area, bugs mm-hmm. from the area to go explore and things like that. You'd go in, you'd get a certificate, a piece of paper, and it had about six or eight different things that you needed to accomplish to get different stickers. Mm-hmm. And throughout the two weeks of our camping trip, you'd go around and you'd collect your nature nut and your garbage gobbler and your people pleaser um, badges or stickers from the nature hut. And um, then if you got them all, you got your Jerry's Rangers moose ears That's at it. the end. <laughs> and the program was so much fun. It kept us out of trouble. It kept us in the bushes making forts for squirrels and mm-hmm. um, just playing games and being outside and also learning about how to respect nature and enjoy it that way as well. Was this supervised or you were meant to like just go out on your own? And no, find no, you just go out on your own. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, although they did have, they had to have programming at that time. So almost every evening they had these outdoor amphitheaters and they would have experts come in mm. and talk to you about um, different wildlife or they had a huge telescope set up one night and you could look at the night sky. And I bet three or four years ago, my brothers and I started talking about, um, how great it would be to re- revitalize that program because um, sadly it canceled about 10 years ago, I think just right. funding and things like that. And we kind of joked around about it. My childhood nickname was Jenny. So they we called it Jenny's Rangers, mm-hmm. the idea. Mm-hmm. And initially we had just thought, oh, it'd be great for our kids to create um, a similar program and send them out when we went camping and things like that for them to do something. And then... About a year ago, my oldest brother um, wasn't working at the time, and I said to him, well, while you have some time, we should try and flush out one of these ideas that we have. So we started meeting at the Calgary Central Library Mm kind of once a week and kind of flushing out what this could look like. And then, so the idea kind of came first, and then the subscription model kind of came second because we were thinking... We don't really want it just to be something that kids do over the summer or just when they're camping. A big part of it has been to uh, find activities that kids can do in the backyard or the backcountry. That's kind of where it was born about a year ago and mm. and how the idea came into conception. Yeah, and I think too, like the idea of going outside is normally thought of to be a summer only thing, but there are things to do outside in the wintertime. <laughs> when it's not minus 40 out, but still outside in the wintertime, springtime, there's all these other cool like life forms and ecosystems and stuff that you can explore at at those times of year. You mentioned that you had uh, somebody who was like, how did you phrase that? There's a a woman you said you were talking with that was with the Canadian curriculum. Um, Yeah, she's on our team. She's our curriculum director. She's a school teacher um, full time. And then she's working with us on contract to help us develop. um, I call it curriculum, but it's our activity cards. Yeah. So where did you come across this curriculum director? (laughs) Um, You're going to send me down a rabbit hole, but uh, Stephanie and I wrestled together (laughs) (laughs) in uh, junior high and and high school. Just not like on a Friday night. Uh, well, you know, you get a few yeah. drinks. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, she'd beat me up for sure now. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I knew her from from my childhood, and I knew that she had gone into education, and I knew that she was an outdoor enthusiast, and she's actually developing and pitching to the school her own outdoor science courses and oh, right. things like that. So she was a really natural fit for us to reach out to. 
it was important to us that what we were putting, what we are putting in the boxes had some substance to it. And um, although my brother phrases it as incidentally educational, which mm-hmm. to us means that it's fun first and most importantly, it's fun. Mm-hmm. And secondly, you can learn something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I'm sure that uh, like the kids in your family have been like playtesting this, yes. so to speak. Yeah. Uh, who else have you reached out to to try this out? So last summer, we actually ran two sets of focus groups and we showed some of the potential activities in box types and things like that. So we did that kind of formal research. And then in terms of more informal things as we've gone along, it's basically been our our kids and their friends and networks and cousins mm-hmm. and testing it out that way. And that's honestly been one of the most rewarding times is uh, when we send them out to do something or we're, we're doing things together and we turn to each other and we're like, it's working. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother's uh, oldest is just turned 13 and we were up shooting some promotional video for the launch and um, some other kids were being filmed. So the two 12, 13 year olds were over by themselves and they're kind of digging through our Tupperwares and things like that. And then all of a sudden they had taken the tarp and they'd pulled the rope up and they'd had carabiners and they'd made themselves some some hammocks and they're not typically outdoorsy kids. And my brother and I were just like, this is amazing. Like it works if you yeah. just take them out and give them a little bit of inspiration. They're just innately curious and creative. I mean, I'm not going to be the first person to say this, but sometimes the uh, frustrating thing is that there is this natural creativity that everyone has whether that's you know artistic creativity or you know outdoorsmanship or whatever it happens to be and it seems like this is going to sound bad but when you only rely on school sometimes that gets taken away from people because Mm -hmm. you need them to be like uh you have to sit here you have to learn this information and then you have to write the test exactly uh whereas when you do this type of stuff where it's like no like let's do some practical hands-on like do what you you're most interested in take as much time as you personally need to get this done with. I think that you're rewarding that creativity inside the kids rather than uh, trying to push that down or push that away. Mm -hmm. Um, Our curriculum director told me uh, several months ago, she's like, the tools, the gear, the things in the box, she's like, that's the hook. So they get excited about that. And then you give them some ideas and information about how they can apply that. Um, So there has to be something kind of fun and interesting to hook them in with. How are you going to measure success? Like, what are you, how are you going to say that this was a successful venture for you? I mean, ultimately, we just want to hear back from our customers that it's, that it works, that they're seeing their kids play outdoors more often, regardless if it's doing the activities we've instructed them to do, regardless if it's playing with the gear and tools and toys that we've given them, um, if it just inspires kids to get out a little more I think that would be success so if we're hearing back from um, parents and kids who purchase our our kits that it's inspiring Mm -hmm. them to get outdoors more often then that would be success for me now so we're recording this episode in February when is this officially launching it launches next uh, month in March so we have the first two boxes and stuff that we see here too is this only something that's available in Calgary, Alberta, or is this something that when you launch it, like anyone in Canada can, yeah. can do it? We're ready to ship across Canada. I know there'll be some 
disappointed folks that we're not shipping across North America, mm-hmm. but we wanted um, the landscape and wilderness in Canada is unique, and we wanted to make sure that what was in the boxes was Canadian content and already, you know, our provinces are pretty diverse and pretty vast. So just to kind of cover the Canadian diversity and mm-hmm. is challenging already. And <laughs> yeah, that's something you can grow into. You can mm-hmm. have uh, an American, an Australian, a UK, you can, you can start to expand this in any type of way uh, when needed. Yeah. I feel like to be the most valuable, it would have to be a, a totally separate box for, mm-hmm. for kids in the United States. Yeah. hundred percent. Now, this is kind of an unfair question. I know I'm about to throw at you, but like, what is next? I mean, obviously, this is you're going to be your focus here for the next little while, but is there something that you're hopeful like in the next two, three years that you're going to be able to accomplish as well? In the shorter term, like the next year or two, we'd like to launch a second box that caters to a younger age mm. group, like a four to seven age group, because I think if you can get kids interested and excited about the outdoors at a younger age, it will be, um, they'll be more likely to, to grow into that as tweens and teens and mm-hmm. adults. If this had been around when you were a kid, what would your hope be for there to be a box of like, what would you were hoping would be arriving in a box? I would have loved something like this when, when we were kids. I think it's more just, some of the ideas and inspiration that you you just don't think of over the top of your, off the top of your head, you're like, I didn't, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Um, the pins are obviously kind of cool, and yeah. some of the the toys, but you know, having your own gear is really fun when you're when you're a kid, especially in that eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve yeah. age group. Like you're old enough to know what's for kids and (laughs) and what's for what's cool and quality and for adults and um i think my parents would would both attest like they were we were constantly taking their stuff because it was cool and it was better than ours and um so i think to get your own quality gear that you could have for the next um 15 20 years is kind of cool and exciting Mm -hmm. you can start building up your own arsenal like i know when i turned you know 18 19 moved out of the house and wanted to start doing all my own camping and stuff if you had to buy all your own (laughs) equipment and gear so i think that would have been super cool i think kids like to have their own oh yeah their own stuff right i was telling you about my niece and nephew before we started recording and my nephew five and a half and he knows very clearly that is my book not your book to his sister so (laughs) makes them feel kind of special and in that age group too i think we want the boxes to they're for kids, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but we want them to make the kids feel like a little bit more grown up, like they're being given some responsibility and they're being taught to do things that are going to be skills forever. And I think when you treat kids a little bit older and you give them a little bit more responsibility, you can be like really surprised about what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't, ha- you don't have to baby them the entire time. Mm-hmm. What do you think, like going back to kind of what we started with about, you know, uh, going down into this uh, entrepreneurship pathway, what have you personally learned about entrepreneurship that I guess you were surprised about? I don't think anything's really surprised me. Um, Right prior to this, I was working for a marketing consultancy. So I was working with a lot of small business, mid-sized business Mm -hmm. um, entrepreneurs. So I was watching them um, make difficult decisions and and watching them 
um, go through different phases of their business growth. So nothing's super surprised me. I think I've had enough exposure to it. I mean, it's a ton of work. Yeah. Ideas are easy. They are, yeah. Coming up with ideas are easy. Executing them and bringing them into fruition is is much more difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I don't know why this always... It always comes back to this for me. But uh, I told you how I uh, do this other podcast about a Broadway composer. So he has this song basically that sums that up, which is like ideas are easy, producing them is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the lyric is. And it's like, there's is 100% true. <laughs> you know, the hard part is actually getting it done um, and forcing yourself to go through that. Now that you're a big expert on entrepreneurship, <laughs> uh, let's say an 18-year-old, you know, have just uh, graduated high school comes to you and says like, you know, I do have this idea that I think I want to pursue. Uh, What advice would you give to them? Do your research Mm -hmm. first. We probably spent upwards of 500 hours writing our business plan. It was everything from investing in focus groups to a lot of online research to paying for data and things like that to make sure that you have a viable business plan. And that gives you some confidence when you when you go through that process, but it, it's still really scary because you're ultimately making some assumptions along the way. But I recently heard from someone that the common denominator between all successful people is that they take action. Mm. Not that they're intelligent, not that they're wildly creative, not that they're excellent leaders, it's that they take action. So regardless of what happens on this journey, like at least we're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've said to each other along the way that um, if nothing else, we're going to come out the other end so much smarter and, and you know, we'll have that real life experience. And I'd like to go back into business consulting at some point too. And I thought to myself, nothing would make me a better business consultant to small Mm mid-sized entrepreneurs um, than going through the process myself there's no handbook there's no no this is how you be an entrepreneur like this this doesn't exist even just starting a business like you go on to different um websites that are kind of try to give you a guide and things like that but there's every business is different right so here's your business plan template that doesn't really (laughs) yeah exactly you just have to like go through the steps one put in front of the other and mm-hmm. but yeah take taking action like saying you're gonna do it and you're not gonna know exactly how many steps or what order to do them in but <laughs> yeah sometimes it's like a, a very secure this journey to get to where you want to do like sometimes you think oh i do this this and this and it's a straight line to get to my end goal but sometimes it's like oh i have to do like this side step and then i go over here for a bit and then i have to go back two steps and then i get to jump forward there's never this clear path, I don't think. There's always something that you don't anticipate or something goes quicker than you think it's going to. So there's always something that you're you're juggling and learning as you go through this. And whatever your idea is in the beginning, your product or service might end up being quite different in the end because 100%. 100%, of um, yeah. all those steps along the way. <laughs> Uh, well, Janelle, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come and talk with me. Uh, if people wanted to like follow what you're doing, is there an easy way to do that online? Yep. One of the easiest ways is uh, if you go to jointhewildlife.ca, you can sign up for our email list, which will give you updates on our launch and all those sorts of things. 
Um, but you can also find us on Facebook, the Wildlife CA, and on Instagram at the Wildlife CA. Nice. Now, I should ask this too for your your, your launch. Uh, is that just going to be literally like that day it's now available online? Are you doing like an actual launch in person somewhere here in the city? We are participating in the outdoor adventure show mm. that's happening at the BMO Center in March 21st and 22nd. So we will be in person at our booth and we'll be selling some boxes at that time. And you'll be able to subscribe as well at the booth. Um, in terms of the website going live, going to be early march i'm mm-hmm. not going to commit to a, sure. <laughs> a no, date right. right now um but it's going to be early march and um we'll let people know through our our website and our social channels when we're when we're live and uh we'll take orders all of march and then we'll be shipping out our first boxes in april cool exciting scary thanks. exciting <laughs> but exciting yeah thank you again thanks a lot Thank you to the Alberta Podcast Network, to ATB, and to Norquest College this week. If you have suggestions for people you'd like me to talk to, even if that's you, please send those to info at medialabyyc.com. And most importantly, thanks for listening. Let other people know if you enjoy it. We'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Have a great day.